UX Podcast Episode 71. This is UX Podcast, balancing business, technology, and users every other Friday from Stockholm, Sweden. I'm Pat Axboom. And I'm James Roy Lawson. I actually was going to suggest that I read it. I was just going to say it, and you read it. Excellent. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, you're welcome, James. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Good. Teamwork. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> I had pressed record like five minutes ago. You normally do that. Yeah. Today we have a guest. And not just any guest. No. A guest who was with us when the UX podcast actually was born. Mm. We're joined by uh, Jens Vedin, who um, who was with us on that um, first trip to UXLX in 2011, May mm. 2011, Portugal, mm. Lisbon. Hello, Jens. Hello, and welcome to the show. Mm. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for being here. Was it was that was that intro long enough or short enough for you? Now I'm being a bit mean, Jens. Jens. Jens is one of our listeners as well, and, and he actually is, is someone who's, who's mentioned about how long our intros used to be, our babble at the start, and we cut it down after, after Jens. But many times I listen to the podcasts, for, I take uh, two or three in a row, ah. and I don't listen to them kind of directly when they come out. Yeah. So that's probably why I think they're long, because you listen to them after each other. Hmm. And then it gets a bit. All right, yeah. So it's, mm. you hear the same thing over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But now, but now we have the very short music at the start, so you mm. don't have to listen to the the theme tune in its entirety, unless yeah. you want to at the end, and then you can. <laughs> we give you the choice now. <laughs> <laughs> so today's show is going to be about um, design research. Yeah. Now, um, Jens, I, I know that you uh, you held a presentation about this um, a few weeks ago. Yes. Which is what will give us the idea of um, bringing you in to chat about it. Yes. Because um, from what I understand. Um, it went down quite well, did your presentation? Yeah, I think so. Uh, uh, I try to. I'm I'm doing a series right now of uh, uh, different talks uh, uh, where I talk to. Uh, I talk about user experience in on different levels and different parts of the user experience and how to work with it. Uh, so I have uh, done three now. Uh, so I have one every month. Uh, and uh, I normally start having a brown bag at uh, Valtec where I work. A brown bag? What does it mean by that? A uh, brown bag is uh, where we share knowledge uh, within the company. Uh, so if somebody would like to talk about, for example, design research, uh, you you um, present it to your colleagues and everyone who like to listen to it on the at the company. So... And the brown, get, and the brown, the brown bag, bag is, is there something in the bag? Yeah, brown bag is uh, a lunch. Ah, because uh, I'm thinking like you know booze in a bottle, like oh. going through. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that Central would be Park nice. And swinging <laughs> you, uh, so, booze. Uh, we we have we have lunch and um, uh, and uh, somebody's presenting something. Ah, also also the lunch in the bag. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, and I've then, actually seen some uh, adverts for your brown bags and there is actually a picture of the brown bag as well right <laughs> yeah. yeah uh so and mostly the brown bags are uh for just internal for the for our colleagues but we're starting doing it for also for customers they come can come in right okay. uh but then i use reuse the same 
presentation for for my clients. Mm. So when I'm trying to also present the same things uh, uh, for my clients. Right, so like client education. Yeah, part of exactly. Because you 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 um you work normally as a UX um, consultant, or how would you describe yourself? Yeah, I, yeah, I would probably say uh, that I'm a user experience consultant. Mm. Uh, it kind of depends who you're talking with. <laughs> sometimes you say you're working with data, <laughs> yeah. uh, but sometimes you say you're working with people. Yeah. Uh, so mm. it, it kind of depends on who you're talking with. But mm. normally, I say I work with uh, uh, with uh, user experience and web and uh, technology and yeah. Sometimes I completely agree because you never okay. know who you're talking to and mm. what they're gonna interpret what you're yeah. saying as so you usually use these words that you think they'll understand mm. somewhat uh, exactly and then you met with that kind of look when you mm. were oh no i mm. used the wrong one this but wasn't a ux conversation this was a data conversation yeah. or a i find <laughs> that it's easier to find have someone else describe a person and yeah. what they're doing so i actually found a quote on your linkedin profile from someone who recommended you and i thought it was this was pretty good and it's actually from a, a woman who i had about as a boss back oh. in the day as well uh, elizabeth Toftean. And she says that Jens is one of the few who managed to combine the knowledge about user needs, deep technical skills, and the making of user-friendly and tasteful graphical design in one person. And that makes Jens unique. A unicorn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah. pretty good. Nice I words. Like yeah, yeah. It's nice words. <laughs> and so, so I mean, you're, you you're kind of like we say that we talk about a lot that we we balance technology and the the soft sides of graphic design mm-hmm. and users. But you you actually do a lot of graphic design as well, right? Uh, yeah, I because from the start when I start working in, in the like in the web with mm. web, uh, it was in the nineties, two thousand somewhere around there. Uh, you were a web designer, and mm. uh, you did uh, front end development. You did graphic design. You did uh, uh, user research, but you didn't call it that. You just did web design, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. and you needed to do all these mm. things to produce something, mm. uh, and um, uh, so I have a background and I'm interested in it. Mm. But I'm I'm trying not to do too much of the graphic design in my professional work. Uh, if I do design, it's mostly kind of the, the interaction design part of it, mm. and if and I leave graphic design to the graphic designers mostly. That's pretty much the same as but but I but I'm interested in it. Uh, I'm interested in uh, photography and colors yeah. and uh, drawing and uh, so, mm. so. But that's interesting. You're you're bringing that up about the background of where we're all coming from, and we a lot of us talk about usability and we, UX. We've brought the user into the mix mm. and user centered design. But when we we're talking about today's subject, you you mention it as design research rather than user research. Research and why is that? Because uh, many times I see that user research is just a small part of the user experience uh, uh, work. Yeah. Because mostly it's about uh, trying to achieve something in an organization or with a client, and it's mostly about talking to the uh, to the business and understanding what they need and uh, and trying to match that with. Uh, with the user's expectations, uh, mm. so, but understanding the business side of it uh, is many times half of the work, or even more, and getting uh, buy-in from the organization mm. and from the clients can be um, 
lots of work many mm -hmm. times. Mm -hmm. So instead of calling us just user research, which is mostly for customers or uh, users, I think that design research is a or like a broader term for yeah for it. Mm. So that's what I, no, I like I, about I, it. I like how also it kind of oh yeah, no, it put it positions it quite nicely, not mm. too close to the actual look and feel part, mm. and not not too close to the the um, development, the creation part. Mm. Um, it, it, it sits feels like it sits nicely mm. in the middle there. Which is the point. But it could be, uh, like where I'm working right now, I'm working uh, very close to the development teams, and they can sometimes be a bit scared when you talk about design, mm. uh, and because it's a vague uh, term, mm. uh, you really mm. have to explain because technology and performance is for me is also design. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, so you need to try to explain that also mm. when you're talking to developers and the ones who are going to build the, the solution. Uh, uh, so it's, I think it's uh, important to kind of uh, describe what you're aiming for uh, when you're meeting people or meeting different roles in an organization. Exactly. It's the end goal and it's not how you do it. Mm. I try to think of design, the word design as synonymous with problem solving. Yeah, which is really what it is. Mm. Thinking back to Leonardo da Vinci, mm -hmm. and and design for me then is something that that uh, anyone on the team actually does, as you're saying. Yeah. But tell us a little more more about uh, the talk that you've been giving around design research. I mean, what's the problem? What are what are people struggling with? What are the what are the problems they're they're coming across when approaching design research? Um. I would say that, firstly, like my own process uh, when working is that uh, defining the problem is uh, a big challenge, uh, especially if you're in a big company. Uh, you really have to understand what you're trying to solve. And many times you start with designing a solution quite, mm -hmm. quite fast. And then after a while you, you understand that you're just solving maybe a, a part of the problem because you haven't talked to the the whole organization or or a bigger part of the organization. So understanding the problem, scoping it, uh, I think that's something you really have to start with uh, in the design research. Uh, and then uh, I would say after that, try to... Uh, the next phase would probably be understanding the user needs and uh, to see if can we solve uh, the problems uh, and how should we solve them by talking with uh, user users or customers. Mm -hmm. yeah. <clears throat> I was just reflecting on the the fact that um, that's when you when you've been brought in to do something, um, then you've kind of you've already. The company's already taken a step to to bring in design research or user research or whatever it's called. That's um, you've kind of taken one step, but then when you come inside these these projects, that's when you realise that, that the step maybe isn't as big as you thought when initially being brought in. Mm. Um, that needs to be reframed. Yeah, reframed. Yeah, the, I think um, would be um, the actual organisational needs inside the the mm. project. Like it might be the case that well, this first stage isn't at all about. Um, um, in fact, actually talking to users and doing user research, this first stage is about team building. 
yeah. and I, and I need to get mm. I need to get my my you know, if it's a, if it's an agile team or a sprint mm. or something or it's a project team, mm. I need to get this team on my side first before I can start taking the next you know mm. battle in this war. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I agree, and I think that. Um, you, as you say, the team is one part of it, and getting them to uh, work uh, efficient and uh, uh, have a, a good collaboration within the team, and and so on, and then the understanding the business part of it, because there are many times they are kind of on the other side, or mm. they're not uh, so close to the to the development, mm. and and then the third is of course understanding. The user needs mm. as the as the as the so you have different parts you need to <laughs> get a grip of, mm. uh, exactly. and that's really what uh, uh, th- that's why I think it's good to call it design research because you're you're kind of everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I think though because you're touching upon something there that there are expectations maybe sometimes from the client that you're supposed to produce something. Mm. Mm. You're supposed to produce wireframes. Yeah. And if you're doing research for two, three weeks, a, mm-hmm. mi- a month maybe, what are you giving them? And they're looking at you and they're asking, why aren't you giving me results? Mm. Yeah, you and do. how do you actually communicate that to the client so they understand? Mm. Sometimes you're brought in to do design research. Mm-hmm. And that, in that case, the client is mature enough to understand what they're buying. Mm. And sometimes you come in and you need actually to convince the client that the problem they brought you in to solve is mm. not the problem you should be solving. Mm. Yeah, they they yeah. bought a hundred hours mm. of of design research yeah. and are maybe yeah. expecting that bunch of wireframes. Exactly. Yeah. That's not really what's going to happen. I had right now. I'm quite fortunate to work in a with a client that has brought me in, and I'm a resource in a team mm-hmm. uh, with a, a team coach and so. And I think that's a really mature way of working with uh, user experience because when they. Uh, in the f- their thought when they, when I came was that I should come in uh, do two weeks of user research talking to the user of the system that we're gonna build and then do some wireframes mm. and then I was mm. gonna say bye bye mm. and go off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but after two days, I said to, to the client, uh, "We can't we can't work like that. Uh, it's gonna it's I, of course I couldn't draw up some nice <laughs> wireframes, but." After four weeks, it's gonna be it's not gonna be worth anything mm. because then the the requirements have changed. Uh, uh, so I think that's a really mature way of working. That yeah. they understand that they need a more of a resource that can work with the uh, with the team, uh, getting them to work better and more efficient, mm. and getting the the stakeholders also to work more efficient because many times they don't really know what they want. No. Yeah. Um, that's, that's that's very true. And in, uh, in the case of the project you're working on and the case I'm the project I'm working on just now is that both of them have existing systems which need to be modernized, mm-hmm. taken to the web or whatever yeah. you like to say. Um, so so the the clients I think um, now I'm speaking on behalf of your client. Mm-hmm. I don't really know, but I'm guessing <laughs> that they have a picture of okay, we're going to convert we're going to translate this existing thing into this new thing and that involves basically just talking to a few people and doing some wireframes and now we can just now, mm. now we've got a new web version of it i mean yeah it's the same product and then when you start when you get in there and start working and you mm. say well no actually you've you've got like 15 years worth of of, of poorly strapped on um 
um, you know, GUI user interface things mm -hmm. and ideas, um, and you've got kind of you've ignored user flows, you've ignored what's actually trying to, you've ignored the problem. Yeah. And this is your chance to actually, you know, look at this and rework mm -hmm. it from the start. Yeah. Um, so the education process when you come in. Yeah. We try to uh, minimize just kind of a. Uh, I would say it would. Uh, it's uh, it was an exper experiment that. It would reduce my work in, in one of my projects. Um, uh, I came in and I worked for a while, and I, I helped uh, the product owners to define the problem and understand what they were going to build, and doing design work, uh, working with the user stories and defining them and so on. And it worked quite well. Everybody started to understand what they were suppo supposed to build. And then we tried to remove me, or I, I decreased my work in, in the project. To see what happened, and uh, they noticed after maybe a month or two that all the requirements that came in were really undefined. It was just like scrappy notes on a, on a paper. Mm. Uh, the, the the developers didn't really know uh, what's supposed to happen when you click this and you come to an, should you come to a next another screen or should you be a like the interaction part of it. Right. Mm. Um, but they couldn't really understand what's the, what's really the problem mm. because because it was the the, the kind of the, the just the small things. Mm -hmm. um, but after two three months, they understood that maybe that guy, that user experience guy, <laughs> did something good here. <laughs> I love that example actually because yeah. yeah. I mean that's what I realized that my my main main thing that I'm doing right now in the project is actually sitting in the same room as the developers, and when they have questions about the wireframes, talking to them about them. Mm. And that's my biggest input in the project. Mm. Because if they don't understand the wireframes, they'll mm. start building in the wrong direction. Mm. And that's mm. one of the uh, the articles that I uh, sent to you is kind of what I try to uh, uh, explain, is that uh, about wireframes or designing and the work you do is that uh, is that something that is uh, uh, sh should you is deliverables a good thing or not, or is exactly. it a or is it a uh, communication problem that you you need wireframes, for example, uh, or is it better to sit in the in the seat of the developers? Right. So sometimes, yeah. of course, that our article. Talks on the both sides. Yeah. This um, is the collaboration versus yeah, the collaboration. Yeah, yeah. article exactly. on UX matters where lots yeah. of people were uh, thinking about how wireframes help them yeah. or not. Exactly. Basically. And it's been a kind of bashing about wireframes that mm. wireframes are bad. You should communicate. Mm. And I think, of course, that's I, I agree on that. And mm. uh, some projects I work really close to the developers, mm. and, and we have a really good collaboration. But sometimes you don't have that opportunity, mm. and sometimes you need you need the wireframes for uh, for the product owners or the stakeholders, yep. so they should understand. Yeah, and then you can't send it in their lap and maybe under, just mm. talk about a solution. And then you need to kind of uh, build consensus and so on uh, with exactly. this, with the science. Mm. So it's yeah. the kind of it, like always. It depends on what you're. Yeah, so you can't really talk about the wireframes as yes or no. You talk about the whole constellation of the team, the whole mm. project. No, no two projects are the same, mm. and it all depends on how are you using the wireframes. Is it like your your example there, where you were expected to leave the wireframes mm. 
and then just leave the client? Mm. Or are you stay, sticking with the client and using the wireframes as a communication tool? Yeah. In which case, it's actually helping the communication. Yeah. We're talking about, I mean, this is effectively a, a discussion about um, return on UX investment. Mm. I mean, is it worth your investment of time producing a full suite of detailed wireframes mm. compared to using wireframes as a communication tool when you see the need for it? Mm. Um, and we know that the wireframes can be something you've mm. you've you've scribbled up on the whiteboard during a, a, a you know impromptu yeah. meeting, exactly. um, or it can be a clickable. Um, prototype, prototype yeah, that you've yeah. made spending maybe half a day doing it mm-hmm. um, but again you've I'd hope that you'd made the decision that yeah this is this is an investment of four hours that is worth it to get this project moving to the next step mm-hmm. or to communicate mm-hmm. to the developers or communicate to the management or mm-hmm. whatever we need yeah. to do this investment to get there yeah mm-hmm. whereas you know when I get you get these questions about oh, can you do wireframing for a month mm-hmm. full-time for an agency and <laughs> my kind of heart sinks I think exactly mm-hmm. no I actually don't want to because I don't I'm not convinced by the return on investment. Exactly. And actually, uh, it all depends on whether you look at the wireframes as something that is true or a suggestion. Mm. Is it black or white? Mm. Well, most of of them are black and white. But uh, I'm I'm thinking about how they're perceived as, if you're looking at them as a front-end developer, uh, sometimes you're expected to build it exactly like the wireframe. Mm. But uh, in the project I'm working on right now, people see the wireframe and they're seeing it as, okay, so that's Pear's suggestion, mm-hmm. but I'm allowed to challenge it and mm-hmm. we can talk about it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, which, which is a much more open way of, of approaching wireframes, I think. Yeah. yeah. I, think I try always mm-hmm. to, to say that this mm-hmm. is my suggestion, mm-hmm. it's just a sketch. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, many times the developers come up with much better ideas. I know, exactly. <laughs> and, I, mm-hmm. and I love it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I try to push them to, to like, do mm-hmm. something better mm-hmm. if you can. And I also see that mm. you should really see design uh, as a, for me, it's a language more mm. uh, that uh, sometimes it's easier, or for me, it's easier to draw something out on a piece of paper on a whiteboard mm. than trying to explain it. So for me, it's design is more kind mm. of a language uh, trying to describe a problem. Exactly. Uh, it's a visual language which yeah. puts some, everybody on the same page so they have something to talk around. Mm. That's really mm. something that makes people talk. Yeah. Mm. Yes. I think you could say that's, that's an advantage maybe with um, not taking on too much of the, um, the end design or the mm. art direction mm. side of things as a, as a UXer. Mm. Because by, by sticking to your suggestions, your wireframes and, or whatever they are as mm. you know, suggestions and, and not producing final designs, mm. then you... you, you Strengthen the understanding from others in the team that these are suggestions. These are, exactly. these are not the end thing. You know, you can mm-hmm. clearly see this is not how our product's going to be. So yeah. let's work with this rather mm-hmm. than look how pretty this kind of mm-hmm. final design is, and then they they get stuck on that. Mm. Yeah. Yep. We've sort of deviated from our design research yeah. <laughs> topic. We have, but uh, I love this uh, discussion mm-hmm. that we're having. But there was one question that sort of popped into my mind when we we're talking about design research and getting the mandate to do research is. Mm-hmm. There are lots of different types of research. Yeah, there's you can spend as little or as long as you want on it. And how do you actually decide how much time is enough mm. and mm. Uh, how much money is enough to spend on it and yeah. stuff like that? Yeah, my, how do you get started? Yeah, my my angle on that is that uh, on my slides was that is and th- there is a book about. Uh, uh, how much uh, 
how, when uh, I can't find the title right now. It, how much is enough design research mm. ah, okay. or something? How much? Mm. Yeah. And uh, I think it's uh, because many times, or I come from a background where you did uh, lots of research either in the in the beginning of the project mm. uh, you did you did a big pre-study with lots of research and lots of design and and kind of uh, and that's one way of doing it mm. and the other one is that you put a lot of research in the end of the project like validating uh, quality assurance uh, and so on right so and and right now i see that user experience and design research are more of a part of the of the development process uh, uh which is where you really le- learning something mm. both about the technology and i think it's the best way to learn something about the business side of it mm. and the user mm. side of it is in the development process mm. um so um you're saying when is enough yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I would say that the the, the answer is uh, when you answer a question or when you ask a question and you don't learn anything new, mm. then you then you're done. And you're definitely done. Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> that, like that doesn't really happen too often. Mm. Uh, normally, doing like traditional usability testing, mm. you start with like uh, uh, one uh, user testing a website. Mm-hmm. And you learn, you learn a lot. Mm. The first user uh, testing the site, and then you try uh, with the second user from the mm. same target group. Uh, you learn probably lots again, but maybe not that much. And then after a while, it flattens out that curve of learning. Yeah. Uh, and I have one slide in in my presentation that kind of illustrates that. Mm. And I I stole that from someone. I'm not sure who I stole it from, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, Jakob Nielsen, the, the old guru, mm-hmm. uh, he, he has, his research on how many users you really need to have on usability testing. And he says that five is good enough. Mm. Uh, and uh, I would I would agree on that because after five users, you really get bored. That's right. Maybe. He says, I think, 80% of the of the, the, lar- yeah. the, the big usability issues yeah. are going to be found if you exactly. talk to five people. Exactly. But you mm. really need to... Uh, be, it has mm. to be within the target group mm. because if you're using if the if the website or the system has kind of the private customers and the corporate customers, you really need to test with five users from this yeah. from different target groups. You don't, yeah. you just don't uh, just use five five users exactly in total. I think the whole thing about kind of when's enough. I mean, we we know that effectively it's never enough because your you, your product or your website or whatever. Um, it's constantly in a state of flux. Mm. Your, your, your customers and users are, are changing. Mm. The world's changing. Everything's changing. Mm. And what, what we've learned over the years is, is that we're dealing with an incredibly complex thing. Yeah. Um, and for, for just a few people to understand everything that's going mm. on and everything that's been built and how it all pieces together is, is, is nigh on impossible. Yeah. So there's always going to be a question that someone's yeah. got. or, or a, mm. you know, Someone can always learn something. Mm about what's going on, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and optimize it or tweak it or yeah. correct it or adjust it or realize how it fits in with something else. Yeah, that's really hard. Yeah. And also, what I see that uh, right now uh, 
with working with clients that they deliver uh, their, for example, free teams, uh, uh, web teams working with external websites, and they deliver uh, new solutions and new widgets and new uh, stuff on the websites. Uh, it's uh, every day or every week mm. they deliver something new. And I think that's one of the uh, hard things to, as you say, that the site is in flux and it changes all the time. That uh, when should it, when should you test it? Mm. Because should you test it every week? How mm. should you follow that up? Mm. Uh, uh, and how should you measure it? Mm. Uh, should you use uh, uh, web analytics or surveys or you meeting people and understanding? Uh, how they work or how do you use the site when when they're ho- at home mm-hmm. so it's uh, how do you feed how do you how do you feed the validation loop yeah mm. exactly mm. and it's it's quite hard when there's so many things changing mm. all the time that's uh, i'm guessing it it's about being open all the time to input from users and and realizing that you are getting input from users mm. all the time and and seeing it as something that is beneficial to the site at mm. all times yeah and stop thinking about how and how much, and start thinking about doing it all the time. Mm. <laughs> well, this, at the same time here, we, we've got the 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 deliverable from us as as, as UXers or, mm-hmm. or web people that we have to put the um, the framework in place to enable yeah. this kind of collection of data mm. or or um, observation of of mm. what's going on. Yeah, because going back to the whole wireframes thing, mm-hmm. if you're just spitting out wireframes or or doing a kind of two week. Um, you know, stint inside a project to design the user interface, then that's not that's not helping the 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 long term um, the the sustainability um, of the product. Mm. Um, whereas other things that mm. we've 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 talked about previously, like pattern libraries or or um, uh, or maybe even a, a framework for how you would or de- mm. designing how we where do we need to collect mm. the data to give us more insights mm. not just kind of from a from a conversion point of view from mm. a sales point of view with web analytics but what could be good for for us mm. um, so that we learn more about how people behave when they're using a website which isn't necessarily mm. the same thing as how did they put that in the basket and how many checked out with that product yeah probably yeah yeah I'm interested in trying out. Because normally when working with teams today, you have the scrum board or the Kanban mm. or something like that. And that's kind of a, they have a development perspective on that board. Many times uh, the user experience work are not included in that. Mm. Because many times I stand and just listen to what the developers are doing. Mm. And they have their lanes and they have kind of, uh, you have some kind of design or research phase before and then you have you bring the the stores into the development phase, uh, and they're doing uh, acceptance, and then it's maybe production. But there's no design or user research or design research mm-hmm. anything on the on the on the on the board. And it would be really nice to try to add kind of uh, any design research stories into the development phase or on the board so for example a story could be learn more about this user x Mm. in this situation and it doesn't have to be me as as a user experience doing the work Mm. anyone in the team Mm. should really can take that because you really want to like you really want the the whole team 
to get the knowledge mm. instead of me as a user experience getting the knowledge Absolutely. and I have to tell them yeah. or write something down mm. or present something. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally agree. And I mean, that's how we talk about scrum boards all the time, that mm-hmm. anybody should be able to take any. But mm-hmm. it's, it's hard for me sometimes to take backend and work mm-hmm. with the database. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, that all depends. We're talking about maturity of clients. We're talking about maturity of the people on the team as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Uh, how confident do they feel actually doing stuff like that? Mm-hmm. I actually managed um, earlier this year, I did some um, um, use observations. Um, that's um, a customer using the client's product. And um, we took with us two of the developers because um, they'd had it on their their um, um, their development plan um, to to visit a customer to see mm. the code they've been producing being used. It'd been on their development plan mm. for years. Um, so we managed to get them to come along, and they sat there. And I mean, they didn't they didn't observe, of course, in the same way as what I did. Mm. But they sat there and just were fascinated to see someone using the stuff they created yeah. and were blown away by how they did certain things and didn't do certain mm. other things. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the reality of a situation where someone was actually using their product was exactly. so valuable experience for them. Had the mm. exact same experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which really early on, just trying out the interface with a client and, and seeing them struggle with it mm. made the developers go, aha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what they're doing. I never expected that. Why yeah. are they doing that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and they can ask. Amazing, and they can ask it right away. Yeah, yeah, it's really valuable. So what we're coming down to really is that maybe we as UX designers we sort of have the top knowledge or Hmm. some sort of responsibility about this. But I think everybody on the team should also feel a responsibility for the testing, for the research, for the Hmm. design, uh, which is interesting. And I think we're moving towards that more and more actually, at least in the projects I'm working in. UX UX coaches Mm. rather than UX. Strategists exactly. and UX yes. designers yeah. and everything. Mm. We're we're holding hands. We're enabling others mm. to do uh, what we are supposed mm. to do. <laughs> and on the, uh, what we used to. Be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Mm. <laughs> yeah. We're leaving. Figure the, that out. Yeah. Li- we're leaving the de- deliverable yeah. business. We stop. We stop doing work and letting others do it for us. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're, yeah. we're mature. Yeah. yeah I, tr- I try to to tell everyone that I, that I'm working with that that uh, when I when I meet them I say. Uh, I'm not the one who's going to design the mm. system. Mm. You are, yeah. or we are. Mm. It is. I think we're going to have to start wrapping up. But I uh, don't turn off everyone. Listen, we've got one more question. So, if if you're in a if you're a UXer in a team, and you're you're, what would your advice be for them to kind of break through and 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 take that step to um to to moving away from maybe the the wireframes business and and being more of a UX coach. What's your kind of couple of tips there of what you yeah. Um Firstly, when I meet uh, new teams or team members, uh, I always uh, have a kind of a, a session with them of what is user experience. I have a slide about uh, introduction to user experience, and I try to explain to them how I see on on, on the matter, and that. Uh, I'm not a GUI guy, mm. uh, and I try to understand all different facets of user experience. And I think that's a good approach, just as a good start, so everybody gets on the same level. Mm. Uh, so they understand that I'm not gonna draw n- nice pictures and uh, colors and and that stuff. I'm gonna do kind of other stuff. Yeah. Also, Card, cards on the table. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and also trying to uh, be. I'm kind of open about uh, how I how I like to work and say that 
uh, I'm just uh, I'm I'm gonna try to help the team and the project, mm. but I I want uh, ideas and solutions from from everyone. Mm. So I'm not gonna sit on a mm. high horse and and dictate mm. this is how how it's gonna work. Mm. Um, and then I try to help them with uh, different uh, different tools. Mm. For example, Design Studio I think is a um, really great way of working. Trying to that's a good suggestion uh, for another episode. Uh, mm. Yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> just to uh, get everybody on board and everybody can collaborate on on trying to s- solve uh, problems. Exactly. Yeah, and there are different kind of tools that you could use from. I'm trying to introduce to the team. Mm. So as a UXer, you have to be a nice person. <laughs> with yeah. lots of empathy <laughs> big ears yeah. you want to bring us out James thank you so much for joining us Jens today it's been wonderful mm, thank you yes, thank you very much for joining us at long last fantastic discussions as well I think yeah uh, lots really of good. value for listeners yeah. we um, we'd love to hear from you feedback tell us um, what you think of today's show and you can find us everywhere as UX podcast Absolutely everywhere mm-hmm. these days. Um, <laughs> on uxpodcast.com, you can find the, there'll be some links. I'll, I'll link up all the articles that Jens um, suggested to us and the ones that we've mentioned um, today. Um, if you've enjoyed UX Podcast, uh, then, well, you can actually tell people. It doesn't really, really have to be, it doesn't really have to be a secret. Okay. What you can do is you can go to iTunes and you can give us a review. Oh, fantastic. There's a, there's a suggestion for you. Um, and... Oh, no, you go first. Come on. Oh, yeah. Remember to keep moving. See you on the other side. Thank you.